What is <laughs> he lost his mind? There we go. <laughs> Hello. Uh Hello? What? What? You sound like you're coming through like a, a 1932 vitriola. What? You sound like you're coming to us from a submarine or something. <laughs> this is like Hotel you... from 1939. You sound like you're like a signal we picked up on a rescue mission for a submarine <laughs> that we thought was lost. It really does. <laughs> Oh, man, this is funny. All right, I assume that Hoyt's rejoining. All right. That was a good episode. I think we just that was great. that. That was <laughs> like, great content. We're not going to get any better than that. <laughs> End of that. He's probably fucking cursing right now. Like, fuck! Just, just a plethora of problems. What happened? Well... First, I forgot to press the join button, so I was just sitting in the lobby uh, <laughs> for a while. And then when I did press it, I guess I didn't actually press it, so I was still in the lobby for a while. And then once I finally actually <laughs> joined the podcast, um, my phone had connected to a Bluetooth speaker. So y'all were talking like in the fuck other room while I was trying <laughs> to holler at you through my phone. <laughs> Nice. But now I'm here. Excellent. Wow. That's pretty funny. That's the kind of stuff that usually happens to me. And in the meantime, I got a glass of scotch. Nice. And set up my uh, computer so I can see what the games are this weekend because I'm not a professional. I've got a LaCroix Raz Cranberry. Nice. Mm. Ah, Sparkly and refreshing. Well, um, I also have a I also have a uh, almost dry uh, vape pen. Hint, hint. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Uh, yeah, I'll <laughs> figure that out after the podcast and or during the podcast when I when I run out of things to say and just sit there quietly. I sucked my last cartridge dry today, so I got to go pick up more. And I didn't right away because I do have like flour to smoke, so I was like. Sitting at work, like, oh shit, you know, I'm out of vape, but oh well, like, I don't have to go right away because I've got flour. But then I'm like realizing how inconvenient, like, it's I'm literally too lazy to smoke weed. Like, <laughs> yeah, man, the, 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 vape, the vape's a life changer. Like, you know, you don't have to fucking you sit on the couch shit. and you not grab your pen. Like, <laughs> you could let you move your arm like 10 inches. Like, that's what we've we've got it down to. And yeah. I, I mean, was there, like, was a t- there was definitely a time where it was like, fuck, I don't want to have to use a grinder. Uh, <laughs> like, there was a time where I used to like to do it, though. Like, I used to enjoy the ritual of it because it was fun. And then I've gotten yeah. so, like, I've gotten to be such a chronic user that I've gotten, be, like, it's such like, a daily thing that I'm so jaded by it that I don't want to do any of that shit. I wish I had, like, servants to do it for what? me. When I like when I'm done with it, when when I'm done with a day of work, I don't want to do anything that takes any effort whatsoever. Yeah, I wonder like if you know with a little initiative, you could like pre-grind like in the morning and have it waiting for you. Like pre-grind, like put in a little jar, put it in the freezer, keep it kind of fresh, and then like have have some ground up. Like do it on weekend. Weekend to work. That'd be cool. Yeah, every Sunday you grind. It's like meal prep, but for fucking weed <laughs> for that you're going to smoke every day. Just, just sitting in front of Red Zone. Just like. <laughs> That's fantastic. Meal prepping. You know how important this is to me. All right. Oh, man. Well, I say we get, I say we get rolling. All right, we're waiting on Hoyt to pour himself a beer. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost there. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna grab a, a beer myself. That's giving that's giving me like. A... Well, fine. As long as you two are, then I will. I, I, I assume I, I sound worse when I'm like walking through the house during the thing. So like. No, but I I literally beer during a, a podcast. But I'm trying to be more. I'm trying to be one percent less unprofessional.
good. No, I mean, I literally heard, I could hear you open your beer and I heard the suds pouring and it was like, it was like a beer commercial. Good like sound. I, was, I was getting like sympathy uh, cravings. And I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of myself. I, I poured that beer effectively. There is not like, it did not overflow. There's not a whole lot ahead. I, it sounded like a really good pour from here. Like I could hear it and I was like, holy shit, that's a, that's. Like I bet it sounded really cold too. Like is the beer really cold? Because it sounded very cold. It's pretty cold. Mm, nice. You got an ice cold. I'm trying, I'm trying not to think about the fact that this mug was a gift from I think like Jess's aunt or something like that. It's still. That's not. It's not a mug. That's not a mug. It's a, I don't know. It's a beer glass. Yeah. We we should have brought Mike on as a special guest to talk about the uh, UFC fights this weekend. Oh uh, yeah. Our uh, our UFC segment. Fuck. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Lead us in, fearless captain. All right. Let's do it. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the show. As always, it's me, Corey. I got Burke. I got Hoyt. Gentlemen, good evening to you. How's it going? Uh, It's going. It's going. Um, Coming off a interesting super wild card weekend. Kind of a decent weekend gambling wise for us. Kind of an uneventful weekend game wise. Uh, two, Burke, two, two half decent games, basically. Two half decent games, uh, a couple of blowouts, and uh, as far as our little betting contest we got going, Burke and I coming out with a couple of decent wins. Hoyt treading water a little bit, but very much still in it. Uh, and looking forward to a divisional round this weekend. So, gentlemen, how you guys feeling? Well, Man, I, um, I don't really, you I don't know, really we... know what you're talking about because, like, let's all. Uh, Let's all be honest. I drink a little bit during these podcasts. I maybe smoke a little weed during this, these podcasts, but I'm pretty sure Hell that yeah. what I said was hammer the Bills, hammer the Rams, kind of like the Bengals, and then I abstain on every other game. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was it was it was sort of a disappointing weekend. Not you know the gambling was okay, but I think all three of us were so excited last week about ball games over the course of the weekend and like Hoyt said basically between the six we had about uh half of one good game and a half of another and then a lot of just multi-touchdown blowouts I mean you know 47-17 in one game uh 34-11 in another game 42-21 really the closest two games weren't even all that terribly competitive um, so kind of a just disappointing weekend fan perspective. I was, I was, I was hoping for a lot more fun than it was. Yeah. But Bill Belichick lost by 30 and gave up seven touchdowns. So, you know, sorry. Yeah, that's true. You, uh, take the good with the bad. Yeah. And you know, for some reason, like notwithstanding some of the lopsided games, I think I, I, I enjoyed them regardless just because I was on the right side of a couple of those. So the Bills blowout was fun to watch because, you know, like Hoyt said, watching the Patriots lose in addition to having the Bills uh, minus four was, was, I think, pleasant for all of us. Um, watching there's, there's, also, gets... there's also something to be said for, like, you sit down, you watch the first half of the game, then you go do something else for a while, and then if it's close, maybe you watch the end. It was a pretty low-stress football-watching experience this weekend, which – Something to be said for it. Very much so, very much so. But, you know, the cream's rising to the top here in the NFL. We're getting a tightened up sort of slate. Uh, more parity among no the teams. Intended. Yep. <laughs> Matchups that kind of look a lot better on paper uh, and ones that I'm pretty, uh, pretty excited about. But real quick, let's recap the weekend. Um, let's start with Cincy. And Las Vegas, uh, we were all on Cincy, myself for three units, and you two both for two units, respectively. Uh, not much to say about that game. Final score closer than the game kind of was. Cincy was kind of dominating that game. And uh, a little bit scary at the end as far as our prospects to cover, but they ultimately pulled it out. Uh, you know, I thought... I thought the Bengals were the superior team, and they they were. But um, going into this coming weekend, I know we can probably take away some some insights about that game and this Bengals team. Uh, but it was nice to get the win on that one. Right, I'll save some of those thoughts uh, for for the current week. But I, I think 
you know, you watching that game, it was like the Bengals are a classic, like super talented first time in the playoffs, very young team. Um, they're, they're clearly just better than the Raiders, but, but if, if those two teams met in the playoffs to get in two years, the Bengals win by five touchdowns. Yeah, I think that's right. true. And it really, and, and like Corey said, it was a lot, the final score was a lot closer than that game felt. Um, the Raiders just, you know, the Raiders made a lot of mistakes. They really never felt like they were in it. I, I didn't think watching the game, just kind of the vibe of the game until the very end. Um, where, of course, Derek Carr had a chance to bring them down the field, march them down the field, and tie the game. But until then, I really kind of felt like the Bengals were getting all the breaks. Everything was kind of going their way. It was just a matter of um, could they weather a storm if one came. Yeah, I don't know that there's too much terribly to take away. You know, we'll, we'll talk about the Bengals' upcoming game. But, man, Joe – Joe Burrow to Chase, that's going to be a combination we're going to be watching for a long time. You know, even on a day when, when, when Jamar Chase doesn't find the end zone, um, you know, almost 10 catches over 100 yards, uh, that's, that, that's going to be a good, healthy combination in Cincinnati for a while. Look, Joe Burrow is just a star. He's a star. He's going to be one of the you know, five to ten best quarterbacks in the league for the next decade. Uh, yeah, I mean, and you know, and uh, maybe uh, Joe Brady and Coach O, and I don't even know how much credit Coach O got, but maybe Joe Brady doesn't deserve all the offensive laurels that were heaped on him after that uh, LSU national championship. Maybe it turns out Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are just really, really good. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, I, 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 I always when I watched Joe Burrow at LSU, I said like that's that's the guy that can translate to the pros better than maybe any of these guys even these guys who have much better like physical skill sets just because he throws guys open you know you watch even like the great Alabama quarterbacks like Bryce Young like they they all they do is throw to wide open receiver wide open receiver wide open receiver Baker Mayfield all the guys at Oklahoma they throw to wide open receiver Joe Burrow at LSU was making pro-style throw-your-receiver-open throws on a regular basis, and it just has carried over. Yeah, it really has. And I'll tell you, a guy who's carried over to the NFL a lot more than I thought he would. Um, So how about Josh Allen? Because that was our second Saturday game, was the Bills just destroying the Patriots. And I think we all had the Bills in that. Isn't that right? We, we all did. I had him for the one unit, you for two, and then Hoyt was all over him for the full three-unit play. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, I'm on record as saying that I went for the small one-unit play just because of some superstitious fear of Bill Belichick, et cetera, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it turns out to have been unfounded and that the Bills were just the much better team. And they made short work of the Patriots. Patriots were never really in this at all. Uh, and this, this, you know, it was it was just total domination from start to finish. Easy cover. I've been picking against the Patriots all year long because I, I think it's been smoke and mirrors and a crappy rookie quarterback. Um, and I was finally right. Yeah. Yeah, I think the um, fade the rookie quarterback angle um, was, you know, Fairly, fairly strong on on this one, especially when the rookie's Mac Jones. Yeah, and when the quarterback across the across the field is like one of the I don't know again five or six best in the league, Josh Allen. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like he went from being you know uh, overrated to underrated again. Like I, I think I, he's still one of the best quarterbacks out there. I think people kind of like have been sleeping on him a little bit this year. Well, I mean, there were so many people who when he came to the um who were just convinced he was going to be a bust yeah, coming out of Wyoming. Me, me, I mean, me, there included. Was, me included. Yeah. And uh, I was not I was not smart enough to have an opinion on that one way or the other, so I will take that as a win. But, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, he, he certainly showed flashes in college of physical ability. He didn't appear all that accurate, but he just turned into a monster of an NFL quarterback, which is pretty wild, all things considered. And, uh, I mean, when's the last time we saw just get work like that in an important game. So that was definitely fun. Uh, you know, the Patriots look like the Jets. Yeah. Maybe not, maybe not the Jets, but they looked at least somewhat like the Eagles, uh, who we can also talk about how poorly their game went. 
Well, yeah. I mean, look, not much else to talk about that game. Uh, you know, Buffalo dominated. We all won that one. Moving on. Uh, Tampa Bay, Philly. Closing line, minus nine and a half, Tampa Bay. I was the one on Tampa Bay for a medium play, two units. You two both had Philly. Uh, Burke for three units. Hoyt for one. We all know what happened. Final score, Bucks 31 Eagles 15, and much like the uh, Bengals game, the final score is not reflective of how the game really was, which was a pretty dominant performance by the Buccaneers and a pretty overall easy cover. Uh, what else can you say? Um, yeah. Hurts isn't any good. Eagles run came to an end, much like the Raiders, and they looked like shit, and Bucks get the win in the cover. Yeah, and, the, and, and, and I mean – uh, you know, we said this before, but this game, the score was not nearly 31-15 in the case. Right. It was 31-0 at one point. The Eagles had under fourth quarter. It just looked bad, man. I mean, just bad. I mean, it was just inaccurate. It was missing receivers. He had a really terrible. Um, and on the other side, Tom Brady come out to a great start. He looked one of the things, one of the reasons I was I, I was excited about the Eagles, and I think that the Eagles for three could keep this close, is that I thought they could get pressure on Tom Brady, and they were able to get pressure on Tom Brady. I mean, he took uh, he took four sacks on third downs alone over the course of the game, but. He was able to weather the pressure, and um, when he was able to get the ball out of his hands, his receivers were open. And was able to consider as much as he got knocked around. I mean, he finished 29 through 37. Philadelphia secondary was asleep at the wheel completely. That was just ugly, man. Well, it's also, it's also the catch-22 with Brady, where if you, you have to get pressure on him to have any chance. Um, but if you actually do get pressure on him, you're going to get personal foul penalties because, you know, you're not allowed to hit him. Well, and that's Yeah, I mean, it, it, we saw that. Derek Barnett, garbage personal foul for, I think, just breathing in the general direction of Tom Brady, which is a penalty in the NFL. And that's the thing that I think can be so so frustrating about trying to pick these games is you're trying to come, come up with all these angles and all these insights, and, and you're not wrong necessarily – but like you can be right and still have the have the outcome go the other way regardless because like Burke, like you were saying, you know, can they get pressure on Tom Brady and they did and they sacked him. But at the same time, it's like that's just one factor. And you your defense can get four or five sacks in a game, but if your offense is putting your defense back out on the field repeatedly, um, you know what I mean, and not giving you any you know <laughs> any any offensive support. Um, you still get a lopsided game like this, you know? So it's like, you can, you can, you can come at these games and analyze them and you can be entirely dead right about a certain aspect of it. But if other factors don't fall into line with that one, you know, with that one factor, then it might be all for not. Yes. Um, yeah. I don't know. Eagles, uh, maybe got to think about drafting a quarterback. I don't know if they will or not, but Jalen Hurts is, Pretty clearly not the answer. Well, they should. I mean, I think as you as you pointed out the other day, they're getting to the point where they either have to pay Jalen Hurts big time NFL quarterback money, or they got to get a new quarterback. And it's just hard to imagine paying him um, big time quarterback money because he's just he's not a big time quarterback. He hasn't well, shown anything all season that suggests that. Well, who do they draft? Who's coming up? Nobody. It's a terrible, terrible uh, draft class. Oh. Kenny Pickett's probably here. Yeah, I mean. It's a it's a weak quarterback draft class. It's it's a weak quarterback draft class at the top, but there are five or six guys that are potential NFL guys. You just got to figure out, you know, only one of those is going to turn out to actually be good. But you got to figure out which one it is. Yep. Good luck, good luck, Philly. They've shown a lot of ability to do that in the past. Oh, for sure. Well, moving on. Dallas, San Fran, Dallas minus three. I was on 49ers plus three for two units. Burke, you were on Dallas minus three for two units. Hoyt, Dallas for three units. Uh, final score was 49ers 23, 
Dallas 17, 49ers with the win, with the cover, uh, and uh, also was pretty firm, despite the one-score finish, pretty firmly in control of that whole game. So, I don't know. What do you guys take away from this? Just another choke by the Cowboys there? Kind of kind of some shenanigans in the last in the last couple seconds. So, I don't, I, don't, I don't remember if we discussed this last week or not, but I think maybe the only reason I put three units on the Cowboys was because Nate was trolling so hard. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? what? Like you just want you wanted you wanted to tank the bet like to tank them you wanted to jinx them and you were willing just, to throw away your your money. No, it was just he spent so much time all week saying like if I had any money I would put it on the 49ers. and every time I read that every time I read that I was like bullshit 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 and I think that over the course of the week that talked me into the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, and I was just I mean I just thought man. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think I even said it, you know, not – I just have a, huff, a tough time betting on Jimmy Garoppolo. And he kind of showed why. I mean, he nearly threw away the game with a with a terrible interception, um, one of his two. So, you know, he, 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 he gave me all the more reason to avoid betting on them in the future. But, man, the Cowboys just fell apart. I mean, Mike McCarthy's just I, – I don't even know what to think about him. That team just didn't look ready to play. 14 penalties. Um, you know, that 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 final offensive snap, which if, if you're the Chargers, you've got to be pretty happy about it because no one's going to be thinking about their their end of game decision making. So you have if I if I remembering it properly, the Cowboys have no timeouts. They're down a touchdown. And their final snap is 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 a quarterback draw. Anyway, here's here's the thing that's kind of hilarious is that like everybody just at this point assumes that Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore are getting uh, head coaching jobs. Which if if you took the exact same results they had on those two guys had on the field this year and last year or or you know however long they've been there and put them on any team in the fucking league other than the Cowboys, they would not be being considered for head coaching positions. Like, they did okay. They brought a level of professionalism and competence to the Cowboys, but this is not like... This is, Eric Bieniemy does job, and Kellen Moore, people want to go out and, like, suck his dick. Like, it's crazy. The Cowboy thing is crazy. I kind of agree. I think definitely he gives off like the appearance of competence more so than actual competence that 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 merits the type of attention he's getting for head coach jobs. But I, I think, mean, I think I kind of I get it. You know what I mean? The Kellen Moore thing in particular, I think, is probably just mostly a response to he's so much better than Jason Garrett. Right. Right. Well, they, and they didn't look at today. I mean, and obviously that's not Kellen Moore. More side of the ball, but man, the defense just flat. Um, and the, the 49ers just were running it down their throats. Um, yeah, Dak Prescott looked okay. Mike McCarthy doing Mike McCarthy things. Not much to think about this, just the Cowboys drop another one. Yep, another postseason choke by the Cowboys. Look, Moving I was a on, Dak Prescott fantasy owner, so I, I found myself weirdly cheering for the Cowboys and just being like, oh yeah, that's that's the Dak I saw in all of my losses this season. Right, right. Well, um, you know, um, not sure if you realize this, but there's a chance that you and Gelfin's real life football teams end up uh, in the Super Bowl. They just they, like one or both of them might be one seeds. Just um, like just like your fantasy football teams ended up playing each other. I, that would be fun, right? I would I would like to just you know totally destroy his soul. Yeah, I mean, I uh, there's going to be a lot of emotions going if that ends up being the. Uh, the I did Super not. I did not. I did not think I was going to beat him in in the fantasy football championship. I would probably be less confident in a Packers Titans Super Bowl this year. That would be a good Super Bowl, though. It'd be it would fun. be fun. some new blood. Um, yeah. you know, both those teams, or at least one of those teams, the Titans would have to get past the Chiefs who just looked excellent against the Steelers. That was my – I'm happy no, about man. that one. That, that was my no. biggest bet of the uh, 
or I shouldn't say biggest. That was my surest bet. That that was yeah. a three unit play for me, and I felt good about that one, man. I just thought the Steelers looked like they were limping into the playoffs. I didn't think they'd be able to generate any offense, and they didn't. So I was right about something finally, which is nice. Um, I mean, after you know, the Steelers jump ahead, and the Chiefs suddenly turned into the team that everyone else in the NFL is kind of afraid of, right? I mean, they they score three quick touchdowns to finish the half. They get the ball back, score another quick two. Suddenly it's 42 to 14. Um, and, you know, this game was this game was out of reach halfway through the third quarter. And, you know, again, Mahomes starts out really slow. Um, the first quarter wasn't great for the Chiefs, but after that, 30 for 39 total on the day, 400 yards, five touchdowns, uh, 11 of 11 in the second half. Two touchdowns if the Titans get there, Pringle. yeah, yeah, a guy, a guy named after potato chip score. So that game was just a, a route start to finish. Um, and the Chiefs look scary. They're peaking at the right time, and they're healthy, which is a dangerous combination. Uh, right. Just, just, just a response to something you said earlier, and a uh, preview of, of future discussion. Counting on the Bills to take care of business for the Titans because I, I I don't think we have a shot against the Chiefs. Yeah, that'll be a good matchup. But hey, I mean, look, I was on Pittsburgh small on this one plus twelve and a half for a unit. You know, it was a loser right out the gate. Uh, Burke, he had the three unit play on KC and Hoyt. You're on this with me for one unit, so not much else to say about that one. Blowout. What about uh, any thoughts on Big Ben's last game, maybe? Probably, certainly his last game. Probably, uh, yeah. I think it's ludicrous that we continue to celebrate Ben Roethlisberger's career at this point. He's a sexual predator. and <laughs> I mean, he is. I don't know, it's just a funny thing to say. <laughs> does, does anyone, does anyone actually, if you press anyone on it, who is a reasonable person, will they argue that Ben Roethlisberger is not a sexual predator? No, he is. Why, Why? like, uh, we? as soon as he is out of the our Sunday viewing, we should forget he exists. Yeah. But the cool thing is, is we don't have any listeners, so it doesn't even matter if that's, like, a controversial thing to say or not. <laughs> <laughs> that is nice. That is a- nice. Ag- aggregate me, bro. <laughs> no, I, I don't. I mean, you know, we could do. It's been a long time since that whole story, so I don't remember all the details. But I don't remember it being especially, uh, especially questionable. I'm sure Aaron Williams would take uh, take Ben Roethlisberger's side. Um, I think it was actually um, by law. It was so long ago that it didn't happen <laughs> <laughs> by by operation of law. <laughs> Because I can't remember it off the top of my head. Therefore, I'm just, I'm just saying, happen. like we're gonna have, we're gonna be having the same conversation in eight years when Deshaun Watson's about to retire, and I'm saying he he raped all those women. Well, we'll see if Deshaun Watson has another eight years in his career. Um, I'm not even, uh, well, you know, that's that's probably for an off season podcast, but I'm not convinced that we'll see him see him next year in a football uniform. He's, uh, totally, he's totally going to be back. The only thing that NFL cares about in terms of blackballing players is weed and political protest. I don't know. I mean, I'm just not sure that he's. I'm not sure that he's going to be in any place to play. He could be in four, five hours a day, five days a week, coming up sometime in the next year. Yeah, he's a, he's got a lot of losses. I don't know, I don't know why about. you're being. You, I feel like usually you're the pessimist about how our system works. Uh, but. No, that's no, that's true. I just in so many lawsuits that I just, I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, and we'll see. Obviously, it depends who he's traded to. But if you know, if he's got to be in court every day in Texas for several months on end, he's not going to be able to be playing quarterback. You know, a thousand miles away. So you you live in Houston. Um, have you heard the rumors of Brian Flores coming to coach the Texans and Deshaun Watson sticking around? No, I haven't heard that. Um, I, I I don't follow the local sports or the local football rumor mill all that much. Anyway, that would be that would be pretty wild. 
Well, um, appar- apparently, like, it was always the reporting all through the year in South Florida that the owner wanted Deshaun Watson and Brian Flores kind of was pushing back. The The reporting ever since Brian Flores got fired has been, no, it's the opposite. Uh, Brian Flores is has a bug up his ass about getting, you know, coaching a team with Deshaun Watson. Uh, I mean, I could they team. both end up in? Could they both end up on the Giants? I, I feel like that would be a pretty fitting punishment that's, that's for Deshaun Watson. Another, that's another thing I've seen. That's another rumor I've seen. Boy, that would be fascinating. Um, well, I think we'll probably do an off-season stove stove pot podcast at some point um, I, I to think keep we it moving run through the Rams game very quickly and maybe yes. move on to next week. Because all right, very quickly, Rams. Blew I did the derail run. the podcast there with Rams. The Rams blew, very quickly, Rams blew the speed run. Rams blew the fuck out of the Cardinals. I was on the Cardinals big three units purely as a homer play. Lost my ass. You both had the Rams at three units. Boom, bang, done. Burke and I up small. Hoyt treading water, minus 0.8 units. Lives to fight another day. Moving on to this weekend, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Coming up, we have four games for the divisional playoff round, starting with the early game on Saturday. Tennessee Titans host. The Cincinnati Bengals, minus three and a half. Uh, Tennessee is laying the over-under currently at 47. Boys, who do you like? How many units? Remember, we can go minimum of two, maximum of five this round. Hoyt, let's Hoyt, start with you. Your home team, let's start it off. Okay, so I, Bengals I huge. A, Bengals huge. I have a well-earned reputation of, of advising people to bet against the Titans. Um, However, <laughs> this this game, and then the line the line's sitting right where it should be. The Titans, like the slightly better team, playing at home three and a half. Um, this this feels like the Titans cover, and it's close, but not that close to me. The the, the Bengals, they they've already like gotten done what they needed to get done this season. They made the playoffs and won the game. Uh, the Titans have made the playoffs, what, three or four years in a row. This is a veteran team that knows how to come in these first-round games, just win. Um, the Titans are the healthiest they've been all season, and it's not particularly close. Derrick Henry's going to play. Julio Jones is going to play. A.J. Brown's going to play. The, the defense is largely healthy. The offensive line is largely healthy. Bengals have a lot of significant injuries. You know, the, the, the way this game goes sideways if you pick the Titans is that all of a sudden the Bengals receivers are just torching the Titans' corners. And, like, that could happen. But I think the Titans' defensive line will handle the Bengals' offensive line. I, I think this is Titans 28-17. to 17. Man... Well, how many units? All of them. Five. Wow. You know, I mean, I just, I, I'm. This game's kind of, this game's kind of a Rubik's cube because you know, I, I think it's, I think, the strengths and weaknesses of both teams, you can make an argument either way. I mean, the, the, the Bengals obviously are throwing the ball very well. The Titans have given up a lot of long passes and touchdowns to receivers. So you would think, like Hoyt said, there's a chance the Bengals are just torching the Titans secondary all day. Um, on the other side, the, the Titans defensive line is good. I, I don't think Joe Mixon's going to be able to run the ball. Um, we're, and... we're also we're, we're going to get pressure on Burrow, I think. Like, the you know, Harold Landry has been great all year. The, the uh, Simmons and Autry up the middle get pressure on the quarterback. We'll put pressure on Burrow. Yeah, you know the, the the Titans defense has been has been great at containing running backs, uh, especially giving up explosive plays. And the Titans are healthy again, so you know I think it's question about how much can uh, how much can Derrick Henry play? Can they can they get a full game's production out of him? Will they be able to use him to really control the clock? I I'm inclined to say that they can't. I think I'm going to go with 
Uh, I think I'm going to go with the Titans for three units on this one. Okay. I, I, I will say, I, I don't think they're going to try to get a whole game out of Derrick Henry. Um, I think they're going to be super happy to get 15 carries. Uh, but I think if you can give them, the, give them 15 good carries, that's enough to, to open up the, the passing game. Corey? Yeah, I'm on I'm on Tennessee for three units on this one, so a little more than a minimum play, but I like all your reasoning, and for all of the above, I mean, the health of the Titans and the fact that I think they're the far superior team. Uh, you know, I think, I think this could easily end up being a game where Tennessee easily covers and Joe Burrow still sort of acquits himself nicely, if you guys right. know what I mean. Like, has a decent game, but nonetheless, the game is never in doubt in terms of Tennessee – for both the win and the cover. And so there's so many ways where Tennessee covers where this is still like a seemingly competitive game or a game where a game where since he has a lot to be proud of, but they were just never in it, blah, blah, blah. Just give me Tennessee minus three and a half. We're all in consensus on this one, but Hoyt obviously maxing it out. Me being a little more conservative. it, It could be a game that's like close through the third quarter. And then the Titans kind of just grind it out. You know, like, I, it just that's that's the kind of game this feels like. Yeah, it could end up like thirty-eight twenty-four. You know what right. I mean? At the end, and it was a little closer during the game, but yeah. nonetheless, looks like we're all in agreement on that one. Moving on to what I think should be an interesting matchup: Green Bay laying six to San Francisco. Green Bay, the home team, over under currently also at forty-seven. Um, you know, I'll start. I'm on Green Bay minus six just because I think. Even before this line came out, I kind of just told myself if it's Green Bay for less than a touchdown to consider just leaning at least small on them. So I'm going to do another three units on Green Bay uh, minus six just because I think um, – I just think any number six or, or shorter is is good here with, with how good Green Bay is playing right now. Uh, uh, give it to me, you know, three units, Green Bay minus six. What do you guys think? So – so here, so here's where I am on this, and I thought about this one a lot because I think that, I think that, I think both sides of this one, the the Forty ers the last few weeks have kind of built themselves a pretty good roadmap for I think how they would knock off the Packers. Um, the Rams and the Cowboys are both relatively balanced, and what do the Forty ers do? Right, they basically they ran the ball. Uh, Elijah Mitchell gets a lot of carries and, and they basically allow to um, to pick and choose when he's going to throw the ball. He's not rushing things. He's not he's not being forced into making good decisions because he's not the best at that. And I think that's what they could do to the Packers. I think the problem with that is Aaron Rodgers. He's just playing out of his mind this season. Um, he's got great tools all around him you know Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are, are, are incredible tandem at running back you've got Devontae Adams obviously who, who, who's healthy um, and then they've got just a bunch of other guys like you know Marquez Valdez Scandling who are just kind of sitting on the bench who, who have potential to do well I think that the Packers can score in bunches I think they are going to score in bunches I think that the 49ers are going to be put in a position where they have to rely on good quarterback play. And I don't think they have the quarterback play to go up against the Packers. I like the Packers in this. I'm going to give this one five units. Okay. Nice. Strong. Hoyt. So my initial read on this was, was maybe the 49ers can cover that six. And, but I, I think I might just still be polluted by that Packers Niners game a couple of years ago where the Niners just went into Lambeau and just blew the doors off. Um, more I think about this game, more I think about how this Packers team looked this year. I look at it's a primetime game in Lam- at Lambeau. It's going to be 12 degrees. Just this, this ride with the home team, ride with Aaron Rodgers. I, I'm, I'm not over the moon about this line, so I'll, I'll yeah, I'll put three. All right, another consensus game, Tampa Bay. Well, yeah, we have to we have to disagree about something, or else this is going to be super fucking boring. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, so let's see. This one might be our first point of disagreement. So Tampa Bay laying three at 
I, Tampa I Bay have thoughts on this one. Uh, actually, I think we're going to end up on the same page on this one too. Tampa Bay laying three against LA. Tampa Bay, the home team, over under currently set at forty eight and a half. And I am on the Rams uh, on this one. Rams plus yeah, you're three. Right. Yeah, Rams plus three. I'm going to do four units on this guy. Oh wow! I, I'm, I'm going to do Rams plus three, five units. I might, I might think about it in my own personal gambling addiction just bet the uh, fucking house on it yeah uh i just this is the rams time i think i mean that's all i gotta say burke where are you at on this one man i have no idea what to think about this game i mean i I really i just i have no idea um tampa bay's defense is vulnerable and the rams obviously can tear people up um you know i'm sure cooper cup is is happy to be back in the saddle he missed their 2019 run um i just man i just I, I just don't know i mean because tampa bay has been looking quite good too i just i have no idea what to think about this so i'm gonna go with a road dog um but only for three units all right so, that works. so i mentioned i mentioned a hot take that i had earlier i think uh my hot take is that the rams if i had to pick a super bowl winner right now it would be the rams All right, hot take accepted. Because that defensive line, that receiving core, competent quarterback, I like the Rams. And particularly, particularly as it speaks to this game, the Buccaneers, we don't know if Wirfs is going to play, and if he is going to play, he'll be hobbled. Uh, and, and give me that Los Angeles defensive line against any not 100% offensive line. And how about right. that, Matthew Stafford being described as a competent quarterback? How the uh, how the turntables have turned from his my from how his the turntables have. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. Um, let's go to the game that closes it out in a very good matchup: Kansas City laying two and a half at home against Buffalo, over under fifty four. So Vegas thinks it's going to be a higher scoring affair. I'll start again. I'm on Buffalo on this one. This should be a pick in my mind. So give me Buffalo plus two and a half all day. I'm going to make this my five-star play, my five-unit play. Um, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I think Buffalo has absolutely the same sort of offensive level of offensive weapons as Kansas City in this one. I think Josh Allen is going to uh, go buck wild. I'm going to take a money line in my real life, um, but for this competition, um, let's do Buffalo plus two and a half, five units. Man, that's a lot more confidence in this game than I would have either way. Um, you know, I, I, I think this is kind of the theme of these last couple. I'm just kind of wishy-washy. I think they're going to be competitive football games, which is I'm excited about. But I think I like using this. Um, not only are they just loaded with weapons on offense, um, you know, this, this is a team they've got, they've got playoff experience, something which, which obviously the bills kind of lack. They've got a lot of experience playing together. Um, Clyde Edwards, Lair is back. I, I just, I'm not quite sure if I'm sold on this Buffalo team coming together Still pretty young from a playoff perspective and knocking off um, an experienced team on the road. So give me the Chiefs, but give them to me for three units. All righty. Got you down. Hoyt, finish it out. Uh, so, like, the first, li- the first line I saw in this game was three and a half, and I really like the Bills at that number. Um, now it's it seems to be largely down to two and a half. I've seen it even one and a half in some places. Uh Ugh. It's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go Chiefs two units, largely because Corey's in first place and I want to try to catch up to him. Um, also because if either of these teams is going to have a COVID scare, the Bills seem the likely one. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Burke's in first place by my math. Oh. Nah, stay stick with Chiefs. But either way. Anyways, all right. Got you down. So, real quick, guys, I'm looking at DraftKings right now, and as it turns out, their Millie Maker this weekend is is both days combined. 
So it's nice. a two-day competition, and you have a bigger slate to choose from. So you that's, guys want to fire off a lineup real quick? Yeah, that's let's way better it. than what we thought. All right. So let's start with QB. Uh, obviously, well, no surprise, I guess, but Josh Allen, most expensive. I could see them making Pat Mahomes the most expensive there, but they're one and two. 7600 for Josh Allen, 7300 for Pat Mahomes. We got Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford. Tannehill and Jimmy Garoppolo as the top eight, you know, starting QBs, and then everyone else is a backup after that. Um, any, I would, is I would there any value in is there any value in going value here? Is there any value in going cheap and grabbing a guy like Tannehill, or are we trying to get one of the elite guys like Rodgers or somebody? You know, I think that with only really essentially eight quarterbacks to choose from, it's all about trying to. I mean, it it it's it's tough, right? Because my inclination is to go, ooh, I want to be, I want to get someone cheap and get some value there. But with only eight, going cheap doesn't get you all that much if Josh Allen puts 15 more than than your guy gets. That said, I, I kind of like Tannehill in this one, maybe. Um, the Titans I, have a lot of, uh, of good weapons on the outside, and the Chiefs are, I mean, not the Chiefs, the Bengals are going to have to focus on, on the run, which will give Tannehill opportunities. Maybe at fifty eight hundred. What do you guys think? Uh, so I, the, the only thing I would say is, as as a Titans fan, as someone who's watched every Titans game all year, like go look at Tannehill's fantasy scores this year. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't know you, the number off the top of my head, but I don't think he broke thirty once. Here's here's what I would say. Here's what I would say about doing something in, on this particular slate about trying to re- go for a guy like Tannehill to save money is I think really the logic you apply to any slate, big or small, but probably a little bit more heightened when it's, you know, sort of a semi-small, like, four-game slate like this one, is if I'm going cheap on QB, it's because it's going to allow me to afford a super, super chalky, expensive guy at wide receiver or running back or whatever. But not just that, but a guy that I wouldn't otherwise be able to afford if I don't go cheap at QB. So, like, if you go Tannehill on this slate at 5,800, what you're obviously thinking in the corollary is, okay, that'll let me get a guy like Devontae Adams or a guy like Cooper Cup. But if I'm trying to get a guy like Cooper Cup, I might as well just go with Stafford at 6,200. Right. It was pretty, pretty cheap, and now I have a stack. You know what I mean? That's, that's, uh, that's what I was going to say is that, like, it's only a difference of $400 between Stafford and Tannehill. And I think that the odds of Stafford having a big week or at least like a, again, 30 point week or whatever. Yeah. Uh, are, I are think higher. Yeah. Well, let's and stack those up. A, let's do, uh, let's do, so Stafford let's do and Stafford and cup and see, see where that leaves us. So Stafford and cup is a stack. And then I think obviously, especially on a slate this small, it behooves us to just see if someone's going to run it back on the Bucks side of things. So if we're going to run it back on that stack, uh, we've got Mike Evans is kind of pricey given where we're at right now. Um, we have at wide receiver. So the problem is the wide receiver situation at at Tampa is very yeah, strange. Guess, we yeah. we might try Gronk at fifty eight hundred at tight end. Um, I, I think yeah. I think if we're going to do this Ram stack, the the Gronk running back is like almost a must. Yeah, it's Gronk or Evans, but I think it's got to be Gronk. So we'll run it back with Gronk, and then let's fill out our running backs and wide receivers. So running backs, um, Henry's playing right. I mean, yeah, they got him definitely play. I just don't. DraftKings still has him listed on injured reserve, but also has yeah. Him so, so he'll, I mean, he's, off, he's off the injured yeah, he, reserve. Yeah, yeah, he's he definitely play. He practices so he'll, ball. He'll, yeah, he'll play, play, but I mean, uh, I mean, it's the playoffs, so it's hard to like. It sounds silly to even be like, "Oh, is he going to be on like a snap count or something?" Because they, they do, you know, a snap count is like so they can be in the playoffs. So he's in the fucking playoffs. So if he's playing. He's, Here's the thing that would worry me a little bit about picking Henry for a DFS lineup. Like, of all of the things that Derrick Henry can do, if you have, like, second and goal from the two-yard line, maybe you leave him on the bench. You know? Like, I, I, I just wonder if he's going to get vultured over and over and over again. Yeah. It's just because, that when Henry, again, when Henry why, has why a game, he has short a... yardage. It's not 
It's I mean, I know I know he's great in short yardage, but short yardage is so much more about the offensive line and it's a place where you can get hurt. Like that that would be the place where I would leave him on the bench would be on some of those like goal line to go situations and that can really hurt his fantasy value. Yeah, I'm with yeah. Wood on that, and I think that I think the Titans have other serviceable options at running back for short yardage. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what would you guys think yeah, about, Foreman, about about Foreman can score from a yard out? You know, well, what would you guys think about uh, Edwards Hilaire getting healthy and coming back? So, I mean, we can we can talk about him, but I mean, just real quick, I, I just think even if you presumed a full workload for Henry and and a good game for Henry. I think at 7,500 with the DraftKings format, I think that just that just fucks us a little much because um, our average salary right now is already pretty low. We're going to have to save elsewhere. So, I mean, let's – I was not even considering Derek Henry really, but like – so, I mean, Edwards Alaire is real cheap. What's the word on him? Is he like fully back or – Question. Hmm. He practiced in full on Wednesday. Practiced fully. All right. Well, I mean, he is a stud when he plays. So who are we plugging in? Go for we go with you know, one of the Rams running backs. Although it's maybe kind of hard to pick between them. So here's a question: Um, the winning, the winning DFS lineup last week, as we as we may have mentioned earlier, went super cheap on both running backs and it, and it paid off. And they had Jarek McKinnon and <laughs> I forget who else. I mean, do we try to replicate something like that? Because I'm looking right now and you can get a guy like Keyshawn Vaughn, uh, who's again going to get all the volume and he's still underpriced at 4,700. Is, uh, uh, is Fournette playing this week? Fournette, as far as I know, the is... wait and wait and see approach. I, I yeah. think that again, just just like this past, like Keyshawn Vaughn wasn't a bad play for us this last week. I mean, I know they like went away from the run and went yeah. away from using him, but he still put up twelve points or whatever for no money. Um, well, what what about Sony Michelle at fifty three hundred as as the Rams' workhorse right now? I mean, I I I, I like it, except just that I think that him and Acres are. Split yeah. now. It's gonna go to Acres, huh? And I think, yeah, I think if, if yeah, one, yeah, I think if one of them is gonna get more carries, it'll be Acres. And I and they're too similar of running backs to to say, oh, this guy's gonna get the touchdowns. Well, what I mean, yeah. Well, I they're mean, priced you go, similarly. You could go cheap and get like AJ Dillon and hope he scores a touchdown. I think any of these any of these running backs that like. 5,000 and under, that's kind of what you're doing is, is hoping they score a touchdown. Um, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to play much if, if Edwards Hilaire is, is healthy? Probably not, but look, could he, he sneak look, a touchdown? Sure. Well, we got to get someone in there. I mean, I think we're limited to these <laughs> mid, I think we're limited to these mid price guys. Let's, let's take a stab with Cam Akers because I kind of liked what they were doing with him last week and, and how much volume they were giving him. I um, think that's the the highest upside of those five thousand range guys. Yeah, I think he has himself a game. So, and then we're gonna have to kind of go cheaper on this next one. So, should we stretch with a guy like Keyshawn Vaughn just based on the volume? Yeah. All right. So so far, all we have is Rams and uh, tight uh, uh, Rams and and Tampa Bay players. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll diversify uh, right uh, here. Diversify our bonds. Yeah, let's diversify our bonds with wide receivers such as the reasonably priced Stefan Diggs at 6,500 as well as guys like Odell Beckham 5,300. I thought we were trying to diversify our bonds, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do like Diggs. Yeah. It's not a bad price on Diggs. It's that I don't know if that makes the rest of our salary workable. We, here, we might have to skip to defense and see how much money you, we save there. You know, it would be an interesting like Julio's going to play, right? Uh, I you think so. Totally, yeah, you could totally get a touch. Like forty seven hundred is low for Julio Jones if he's actually going to play. Yeah, and uh, experienced players are like guys that get playoff touchdowns too. So I, I, I like that to try to get our 
Yeah, salary backup. All right. And, and, uh, all right. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's plug in Julio. Let's plug in Julio. We need to go cheap again. And just hope he and gets a touchdown. So we need we need a guy that's basically Odell Beckham or cheaper. So I'm thinking, I mean, we could take a stab with a guy like Alan Lazard, who who has been getting a ton of targets recently. Yeah, and we like the we like the Packers. Yeah, we like the Packers. Let's plug in Lazard. We kind of have to, and then let's skip the flex, plug in a defense, and then we'll just we'll just get our most expensive flex that we can. Um, Packers is the most expensive defense, thirty two hundred. Bucks, Rams, Titans, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, 40. You, you know it's you know it's a shocking development. There's no bad offenses left. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. So all, I mean all any of these are good offenses. Um right. Do we I just guess, go, I, I guess I guess you just take Green Bay. It's gonna be cold. They're playing at home in Garoppolo. I think we have to take Green Bay, especially because that's the most that's that's doesn't contradict any of the rest of our lineup, um, which is kind of hard to do on a slate this small. Um, So flex, we've got an expensive ass flex, so we could get a guy like Aaron Jones. Um, Well, if we're going to get Aaron Jones, hmm. then why don't we plug Aaron Jones at running back? That's what I was thinking. In place of Keyshawn Vaughn. And then see what our flex out. And then we end up with forty eight hundred for a flex, and we could get. We'd have to take a dart throw on a guy like like Tyler Boyd, um, who I don't know. It's not a bad. I mean, you you have I mean, to, Tyler Boyd had a good game this week, and then like the Titans only he's have getting, like a, a corner and a half. Yeah, I I I'm happy to do that. I mean, I think he's a better alternative than Jared. So wait, so too. who are we taking? Who are we taking instead of Vaughn? So, so it's Matt Stafford ah. at QB. We have Matt Stafford at QB, Cam Akers, Aaron Jones at running back. Wide I like receivers. it. That's your... Yeah. So... Cooper Cup, Julio Jones, Alan Lazard, and then Gronk, Tyler Boyd, Packers defense. I, I like that because I think that Tyler Boyd has more upside than Vaughn. Yeah. And right. I think so... Aaron Jones maybe has more upside than the flex play we would have come up with. All right. Well, let's do it then. Let's do it. I like it. All right. Sweet. It shall be done. Well, boys. So unless you get, we didn't take any lead by blocks last week. Burke, do you have any lead uh, by blocks? Man, I don't have any lead by blocks. But um, no, I will go though for the sake of throwing one out there. I will give my lock. Ness monster pick of the week, Green Bay Packers minus six. Okay. Hoyt, you got a lead pipe lock for us? Uh, Titans, Bengals, first half under. Titans, what, what's it at? I, that's a good question. But <laughs> Any number, you'll take it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just – Based on like the actual like full game full game over under, like I, I think that's a game that's going to start out slow. Let me tell you what it is right now. It should be. Uh, Bengals. You're asking me for like way more research than I'm capable of doing. I'm asking you to know the line that you're betting on. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, Over under is 47. I assume that the, the first half is. Why is this so hard to find? Probably in the 20s somewhere. I think it's going to be a low scoring first half is what I'm telling you guys. If you have a line that shows. <laughs> if your first half line is under 25, take it. Yeah. So I've got the uh, first half line as twenty three point five. Oh, that's yeah. Take it under. All right. Under I think that game's gonna be like ten to seven at the half. My lead pipe lock is Buffalo plus two and a half. My my, right. my actual lead pipe lock is just Titans minus three and a half. I think it, I think they're gonna get it done. All right. You want to make that your lead pipe yeah, lock? Yeah. If we're actually doing lead pipe locks, that's about lead pipe lock. 
All right. So to recap, Burks led pipe lock, Green Bay minus six, Hoyt led pipe lock, Tennessee minus three and a half, my lead pipe lock, Buffalo plus two and a half. Yeah. I like I'm, it. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm anti mush this week. Let's hope. We can only hope. Well, good luck to us all. And uh, if you, unless you guys have anything else, that ought to do it. No. Fun time, guys. We'll reconvene next week. Well, then I bid you adieu. Night, everybody. Adios.